Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. Oh my gosh, Flyover family, buckle up. I am so excited about today's show. We have two queens. I know. Are you fired up? Fired up. I've already been laughing for 20 minutes. I know. I know. You all know how much we love the prophetic. Mm. And there is a prophetic voice now that um, truly has been around for decades and today is speaking very loudly through his family, putting out these prophetic words. And we're so excited to have them on the show today. Jane Clement and Donna Petruska. Welcome! (laughs) Yay! You know, if, if, there was, if there was any oh, way that we you. could have had the last few minutes recorded as we, we know we changed cameras, we had a tech thing. And I tell you what, it's a kind of a model for life because, you know, not everything goes the way you want, but like there was a lot of joy in this and problem solving and, and uh, you know, in the midst of things not going right and you're frustrated and you kind of get, we'll make this work. And it's just, it's a good model for life. If, if you know, if we just live like that all I the know. time. You have to be flexible. That's true. That is exactly right. You know, this is what an honor. We were on y'all show last week twice. We came on the show, did an interview, and then came back on for the live show. And now y'all are on our show this week. I mean, this is such a joy. We love obviously talking about the prophetic. We love talking about God. And God is really using you two uh, during this time to bring so much hope uh, to America. You know, through words that, uh, Jane, that your husband, Donna, that your dad, you know, gave so many years ago that we are seeing come to fruition today. And I can't wait to hear the story of how this actually started, how God brought this to mind to actually make this happen, and then how you brought this to fruition. Well, are you going or me? No, you go. Okay. (laughs) So, um... Well, first of all, I mean, my, my mom and dad's ministry has spanned 40 years, and it used to be itinerant. And what happened was, you know, God started using my dad prophetically, and that gift in him grew and grew as he traveled. And it was specifically to America. You know, God sent my dad all over the world, but very specifically to America. He said God had called him to America. And um, it was actually my mother who took the ministry online, right, Mom? Yes. You could tell them was, more about that, actually. That was me. And uh, well, we moved uh, from South Africa in 1991. But prior to 1991, we had been ministry, uh, itinerant ministry. So we went all over the world. I mean, to uh, Australia, United Kingdom. France, New Holland, New Zealand, all over the world. And then in um, 1991 was when we decided, uh, because of going back and forward from South Africa to the United States here, we would come here at least four or five times a year. So I said, well, what's the point of that? We may as well go and try and live there, and then you travel out from there because it'll be easier anyway. And so that is what we did. We yeah. moved in 1991. and um, But Dad was still itinerant in 1991. He, it wasn't he, until you saw that on God TV. No. Tell them that story. Well, well, that was way back. Um, 2005, 6, 7-ish. Yeah, 2007-ish, I think, if I remember correctly, um, was when, I mean, traveling through, throughout the world, we had gathered 
email addresses, of course, from all of the people that followed us. And so when it came to the first broadcast that we ever did online was we sent out a bulk email to tell people we were going to try out um, doing a service online. And, uh, wow. of course, the Internet crashed. So many people. <laughs> the server crashed. Wow. So many people were tuning in. Who's going to watch? He said, who's going to come and watch he me? Said, he, said, he told me, no one's going to watch me. No one's <laughs> I said, yes, they are. They will. They want to see you. He said, well, he'll only do it if he can uh, do it from behind a piano because he's used to a big audience, you know, and when you're to an audience like that and then having having to stand in front of a camera and you can't see anybody who you're speaking to. Right. Hard for him. He didn't think anyone was. Listen to him. He hated the camera too. He didn't like no. being, having his picture taken or seeing himself on camera. He hated it. So he, that was a big sell for you, then Jane, to get him to do that. It was a very prophetic thing because ministries well, was, were not online yet. I, wow. was the one, I was always the one that had to make the personal changes, the physical moves. The moving from South Africa was me doing it. Him, uh, even. Starting to use a computer, yeah. I, um, back in South Africa, back way yeah. back in the day when DOS was still going on and you yeah. had to use DOS, I went to the the Daily News newspaper to learn DOS. And, wow. Uh, wow. So I did do that. And uh, I said, Kim, we have to move with the times. Things are changing. And so I bought him this little Tandy um, wow! Had to start using yep. what he, the Radio he Shack. Busy. He said he's never going to be able to figure this thing out. He's never going to be able to do it. I'm just losing my mind thinking <clears throat> that he is going to do this thing. <laughs> do it. Hey, anyway, it ended up us doing that. Of course, moving to the the Apple computer from the from the um, the Microsoft, moving over that, to yeah. all of that type of thing was me and um she yeah. did all the technical detailed things because he was not good at those things when, so and, and, and went on to millions and millions and millions of people all over oh, the world my have, goodness you know have watched him online now because of what you said in motion just think of all those recordings yes. well yes so the the first recording um was a musical when he first did the the musical um you can find it online it's called um uh, live in New York. Okay. Live in New York. Well, before that happened and before he even decided to do that was, I said to him, you have to record your music. You have to record, we have to record everything. So we started to record just audio recording on everything that he did. So we have loads and loads and years and years of of audio and video footage that we are transferring over digitally right now. So there's going to be a lot more prophecy and um, information from back then that we're going to be able to bring out. But, you know, all of that took some us looking to the future and realizing this is very valuable. We better start making uh, Mm -hmm. recordings of better start you know, he was prophesying things it. and they didn't want to lose it. And right. a lot of the people that were around recognized that too. So we have people 
going back many years, he was transcribing every single time he was he was doing anything. They transcribed the whole thing, every song, because there could be prophecy in the song. Sure. And it often came from, you know, he would write music live. He would have a group of musicians who could uh, adjust and move with him, and they also were very prophetic musicians. He would pick people who were prophetic. And he would say, prophesy on your instrument. Mm. And so there was a creating of an environment that he needed in order to see. And something that we did find when he went on the internet and had a live, particularly live broadcast, and everybody was praying together, the more people, the more he saw. So when he got onto the internet, you had thousands and hundreds of thousands of people watching live at the same time, praying with him. Mm. It sharpened his vision, and he saw, I mean, he took it, it went to a level that uh, right now as we're living through these things and we look back at these prophecies, it's like you'll think, oh, I've, I've heard that before, I've heard him prophesy that, but you go back and you listen, and then all these other things make sense. And it is so profound, and it, so it, it makes you realize it wasn't just him, it was that coming together, like if you think about if two or more are gathered in his name, he's in the midst of them. Mm-hmm. And so as all be gathered in agreement um, and not for our own desire, but for God's will when that happens is where it's, it sort of takes us to another level spiritually. And so we saw that manifest through prophecy in him, but um, you know, and those are gifts of the Holy spirit prophecy is the gift of the Mm -hmm. Holy spirit. So at a, at a level and at a measure, you can have that no matter who you are, uh, you may not be in the office of the prophet like my dad, but you can see and move prophetically. And that's what he was trying to teach people. So he was able to show you and prophesy, but then also bring you with him so that you were part of that. It's interesting. <clears throat> I'll let you jump in. I just wanted to make a comment. It's interesting that you say that about the music prophesying. Uh, that's kind of newer to me over these last few years. Um, you know, obviously saw that with your dad, but I really didn't see that much other outside of your dad and, and your husband with the prophetic. But uh, now we're seeing it like I'm um, seeing it come out of Omaha, Nebraska with Hank Kuhneman. You know, sometimes I'll watch some of the things there and they'll talk about the the music prophesying. Um, I'll hear Robin Bullock out of Warrior, Alabama, the same kind of an idea and starting to have more of an understanding of that. It's very significant. It definitely is. And it's sort of like planting a seed. And that unifying thing is very key right now, too, because as we see a, a to contrast, we have, you know, the enemy has the uniparty. And then you have my dad who saw, a, uh, he saw, he had a vision, he saw hundreds of thousands of people. And he said, he turned and looked around and they, uh, uh, and they were all these people behind him. And he said, scales were removed from eyes. Mm. And he said, when I lifted my hand, they lifted their hand. And when I shouted, they shouted. They were one, one party of people. Mm. And, you know, that didn't make sense until the past couple of years where you see the MAGA movement and even going all the way back to the, the, the Tea Party movement, that there was this emergence starting to happen of Americans that don't want to be divided by party because the issues, are, it's not so cut and dry. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, we've seen now corruption has been allowed to happen in our leadership. And we see that they are united because of greed, which is something else my dad, dad prophesied that it was all because of greed. He said, you're going to see all these things happen. It's all because of greed. So God has always got a counter to whatever the enemy is doing. Mm-hmm. So if the enemy's there, uh, you know, with a uniparty 
and you have a, a you know a, the globalist, which is a one world governing. This is a centralized system. God has the counter to that, and um, and so we start to see this. Uh, and my dad prophesied it. God showed my dad because we needed to know in a time where it's so hard to tell what is right and wrong, when it's so confusing, what is the truth mm-hmm. that He gave us the prophetic, and it would be so necessary in this time for as Christians us to be able to discern mm-hmm. the truth mm-hmm. and to know it. And so God knew we would need guidance. And so he gave us people like my dad yep. who were in the office of, who were anointed for a season of time. So he, he lived, uh, you know, a certain amount of time. He, he passed away two weeks after Donald Trump was, was, uh, pre- became president, was, uh, was elected. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause my dad passed away November 23rd of 2016. Wow. Mm-hmm. So just a little more than two weeks later, he went to heaven, but he lived to see what he had prophesied. Mm-hmm. And the significance of that isn't just in my dad and his accuracy, but how profound this moment in time is, is, is essentially. Oh, I've got God yeah. bumps. That's Jane, so true. Jane, let me ask you a question. Um, you know, a lot of people, they see the fulfillment of a life and, and it's like, well, well, clearly you'd want to record all these things. It's, it's, you know, this amazing ministry, like, Kings and presidents. I know Donald Trump has sat down and, and for hours and watched Kim's prophecies. You know, um, but a lot of people are sitting there at home, or they're listening to this, or driving in their car, and they're like, "Well, I don't know what my big thing is, or what my purpose is, or what." You know, you guys started out, say you came from South Africa, just a couple of young Springboks, you know, in '91, and you moved over here, and and you know, got got to work, but you still had to steward that that vision. A little bit day by day, you didn't, you know, you didn't live your life backwards. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think the thing that jumps out as I hear you is this like stewardship guy. God gave you a little, and you did well with it, and just kind of mm-hmm. kept growing and adding on to that. Yeah. Um, can you kind of tie that in a little bit for our listeners? Like, because everybody has that element in their life where you know, I mean, you, you can look back on Noah and think, well, clearly, no, like Noah didn't know it was going to work out. Noah just kept doing what he was told. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know the whole vision on, on the front end, but your obedience to keep leaning in and building your faith and building your faith as you went along, I think everybody can take so much from that and implement and just kind of like, like if it was a pill, they could just swallow it and get more of that in their life. Yes, well, the, I mean, with my life, I... um I I was never in front of a camera. I was never, I was always behind the scenes. And a lot of people, you know, they wonder, they wonder what's their, what is their role in life? Here I am in this big world. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. You're here for a purpose, no matter um, how small or insignificant you think it is. Um, God has a purpose and a plan for every single person's life. Um, you get to find out what that plan is by taking little risks in your life. You don't, you'll, you'll never, the plan will never just unfold if you don't take certain risks. Um, uh, you know, it's faith. That is. Of course, it is faith. Definitely Mm -hmm. faith. Um, I, I just look at the way God led Kim and I. I mean, you know, we worked together in, in the way that we did, me behind the scenes and him in the forefront. And I mean, we made mistakes. We, we did things that we regretted doing, thinking that uh, this is where God is leading us. And, and it wasn't true. 
it wasn't so, so we picked up and carried on going. And I mean, you do make mistakes. You, you, you just. I think that's part of the journey. Sure. sure. You, well, you learn by making. You learn, you learn mm -hmm. by making uh, mistakes. But I mean, we at one point thought that we were not called to the United States, and that we were definitely called to Africa, and we were going to stay there. And um, it just everything went wrong. One thing after the other went wrong, and that was when. I said to him, we're getting out of here. We're leaving. So, so you, you think to yourself, you know, it's God's hand is not on me because we made a mistake, but that's not true because you learn in that season of, of, um, wilderness. You learn something in that wilderness that you would never learn had you not gone through that wilderness experience. And, um, so those wilderness experiences are definitely part of the journey that, that we take. And like I told you on the other show, um, that you were on our show, I said, this life is like boot camp. <laughs> boot camp. <laughs> we, we're living in this world and what the heck is going on here? What's it for? You know, we, yeah. we get born and then we live our life and then we die. What was the mm -hmm. purpose of all of that? Well, you're actually gaining rewards. You're gaining, you're overcoming obstacles that come against you. You're, you, um, you are experiencing what God wants you to experience in this life. And we don't have all the answers. We don't have all the answers. I mean, everyone knows that. You know, we think we have all the answers, but ultimately we'll find out one day what was right and what was wrong. Right. But, uh, that, I mean, that that relationship though with with God that you guys walked out together, you know, yeah, like, you know, David killed a bear and he killed a lion. Those were really important when it came time for you know Goliath. Also, he had the benefit of David wrote that story, so there's not a lot of narrative in there about like him missing, you know, uh, you know, like you know, because he shared the story himself. And so, um, you know, you, you just kind of just see those those highlights, but it's it's all of those victories kind of along, but those are all a risk. I mean, a lot of people run from a bear. He killed a bear. A lot of people run from a lion. He killed the lion to protect the sheep. Like he, you know, he was building that, you know, and, and ultimately, you know, his famous for the, the Goliath story was his, his big smash hit, but it was the, if he wouldn't have done those along the way. So, so like, like sometimes we avoid those risks in our life. Like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. What if it went wrong? Or what if I got embarrassed? What if nobody mm -hmm. showed up? Or, you know, it's like, we need those risks to kind of, you know, stair step to that next thing. And. That's the story of your life. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know what? The, the thing about, about uh, my parents, and this is why they called the ministry the house of destiny, is because everything was destiny focused. Yes. And one thing I always tell people is, you know, you may feel like you're small. Like, you know, what can I do? You sort of, a lot of people have felt so helpless through mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff we've gone through over the last so many years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I always tell people, you may not realize how important your role is. As long as you're being obedient and going through the doors that God opens for you and having, you know, that discernment, which you would, you would need to have a relationship with God to have that. So he wants that with you. Mm -hmm. And if you are praying and not just praying, it's, 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 it's deeper than that. It's like, you know, you're constantly in communication with God and you have that. We all have it. Um, even atheists have it because if, when something is, you know, death is often, oftentimes when death faces an atheist, they will, 
it, it just automatically cry out to God because yeah. you sure. know it, the eternal side mm-hmm. of yourself moment will reach. So we know it's there. And if you are doing those things, God is going to use you and you may never know how it could be. And think of a car engine. This is the analogy I like to use. In a car engine, if one small, tiny little thing goes wrong, the whole thing doesn't work. Right. So your role, you may feel like it's small, but it may be a lot bigger than you realize. And so you are important. Whoever is watching right now, you may feel helpless. You may feel like you're, you are important. You have a destiny. You're not here in this situation for no reason. And so once, once that relationship is developed and we can have, uh, I think a very important thing, and Dad prophesied this, is in darkness, faith grows. In despair, faith grows. You know, we find ourselves in these situations. And sometimes God allows this for, that, for what needs to be revealed to be revealed. You know, like Saul had to be blinded to become Paul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So going back to that motif of not being able to see, being blinded and then being able to see. And so, you know, th- that's what the, the destiny part is about. One of our it's mentors would always huge. say that faith, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Very true. That It's very true. As I was just sitting here, I was thinking, you know, so uh, Kim went to heaven in 2016, November of 2016. Um, when did you start going through these prophetic words and realizing how much they applied to where we are today? Did that come in 2020 when you start looking around and you're like, oh my goodness, what's happening? Or did you start right away after, after he passed away? When he got sick. So he huh. was sick for 15 months. Yeah. It was September 5th, uh, September 7th of 2015. He had a stroke. And from that day forward, I started looking. Wow. Because I could see the significance of the moment and what was happening to him. Mm-hmm. Many, many times he almost died in his life and terrible things happened, but he always came through and God always, I mean, God healed him, miraculously healed him and protected him mm-hmm. his whole life. So I knew when this was happening and particularly that it was a stroke and it was a targeted thing to his, to his ability to speak, his ability to move. And, you know, we had a lot of questions too. You know, God, sure. Asked, sure. But I realized, I don't even think I really, really realized it was my spirit knowing that I started to seek it out. What's going on here? I could see the urgency of the situation. And although I didn't, I would not face that he was going to die until he did. They can ask her, I fought it and fought it like a rave lunatic. He will not take my father. (laughs) Yeah. Once he was gone, and it took me a while to be able to even talk about this stuff. But I began to realize the significance of the timing of his life and that our, our sacrifice of him, that we had to let go of him. And that was very hard for us. We were a very a close family. And, and, you know, he was sure. everything, all of us. He was the, the, him and my grandmother, her mother, were like the pillars in our family. And all of a sudden they were both gone within 50 days of each other. So my dad passed away, then my grandmother passed away. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it was like, so we knew the importance of the moment, and I just started looking. And it all started actually with one prophecy, and I just found it on a VHS. And it, he was talking about the UN, and I was freaking out. I was like, oh, my goodness. Even then, it was making sense. Now it makes so much sense. And it was the first YouTube video I put up. Um, you know, he had a little YouTube channel, but he didn't use YouTube. They weren't using social media then. And so there was a little YouTube channel, hardly any following, and I put that video up only to be able to have a link to share it with other people we were around. I wasn't even thinking about the public seeing it. 
Wow. And of course, dad was out there a little bit, but that really, it just went viral. And then I put up, I, I was like, well, people are responding. They need to see more. You know, we didn't know anything about YouTube and we grew and grew and grew our YouTube channel that we're terribly censored now. Um, and now Rumble, you know. And so using the social media in the right moment got the, the word out, mm -hmm. which for me made gave more purpose to his life. Because I then, at the end of his life, looked at his life and said, this is not nothing. This is so highly unusual. Yep. And I know as a witness, and she knows as a witness, that it was real, that it was authentic, that it was pure, and that uh, God used my dad in a tremendous way. And I knew in this moment that people would need to see these prophecies because it wasn't even about my dad, mm -hmm. because it was about God speaking through him to us now. And he's not even here anymore. Right. So it's not even about him anymore. It's about us and God. And, mm -hmm. and uh, there's a beauty in the sadness of it because the letting go but also knowing that I will see him again. And now my whole life is about, I have to make you proud. Him and my grandmother, I'm going to make you proud. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure all that they are. I guarantee all. they are. So terrible to my dad. You know, a prophetic ministry is a difficult ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a common, commonly that popular either. And so he really had a difficult time. He was not treated well always. Mm -hmm. And God or took care of him and carried him through his life and his life. And the sacrifices that he made and that my mother made, mm -hmm. you know, were not for nothing. And it's actually helping America, which is the country we just love with they, all of our hearts. They are race. right now. The Reawaken America movement and that event, I don't even think would be taking place no. if it wouldn't have been, you know, prophetically inspired with a match, you know, from words that your dad spoke that inspired people that he never met. Mm -hmm. You know, like Clay and others, you know, yeah. there's you know, Roger Stone. There's so many people that, that steward these words from your father. That's exactly right. It's incredible. Now, if people want to know more, you can go to kimclement.com, which is houseofdestiny.org. It's the same website. Um, and you guys have shows that go on regularly there. Talk about that a little bit. You're going to do it for me. You can do it. You can do it. Because I've already been talking so much. Why don't you tell them? <laughs> you, guys are like a, you guys are like a two-headed monster. <laughs> you are. Well, House of Destiny, of course, is the, is the, the main website. Um, you can go there, but like they said, kimclement.com. We've got channels. We've got... Um, um, Every day of the week. You see there? You've, they've got... <laughs> yes. the, you see that they got I know the there. channels. We've got Real Life, Real Faith. That's a new That's show a new we one. just put up. That's Woo! doing really, really well. Helping people it's with addiction. People. And it's ministering to people. We're very excited about that show. Uh, of course, I do current events. Every Saturday. Every Saturday. We, um, we have uh, Charlie Jordan. Charlie has his on shows Thursday, starting on Thursday. We've got we've got a worship channel that's just worship, which is really awesome. Uh, we've got great worship, uh, a great worship team right now, and uh, we've got Destiny Kids and Prophetic Rewind. Of course, Prophetic Rewind. I do that the on number Mondays. One prophetic Rewind. That's the first one we started after after my dad passed away. I said, okay, we've got to be able to present this somewhere. So we came up with a channel and we called it Prophetic Rewind was actually his name for something else. And I used it. And then what we do is we have 40 years of footage, but I don't do it in date order. So I'm looking at what's going on. I'm like, oh, my goodness, he prophesied about this on this date. And I'll give the whole broadcast wow. so it in context because you see clips of prophecy. But you want to see in context is sometimes it's all tied together and you may not realize it at first. So I want people to be able to watch the prophecy mm -hmm. clips, but then see the whole broadcast and everything that was going on. What did he preach about? What was the worship? What other things did he prophesy mm -hmm. about? Because 
All of that had significance. It was all, he was walking, talking prophecy is what he was. I mean, even the boots on the ground thing that he started doing, boots on the ground, God would send him to, God sent him to Ukraine. Can you imagine? <laughs> wow. The whole in the world in 2014, before my dawn, sends my father boots on the ground mm -hmm. to pray for them in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And there was a significance there because, I mean, things happen all over the world all the time. Mm -hmm. It could have been anywhere of you, for Ukraine to be the place that God sent my, my dad, not only to prophesy about, but to pray over the region and the people mm -hmm. that now today suffer daily in Ukraine. The yep. citizens of that country, I don't care what corruption is happening there, we know good people in Ukraine. Sure. Yep. sure. People who are prophetic people, who worship, who are Christians. Mm -hmm. They are being misrepresented and their voice is being silenced. And this is what we are fighting against here in America right now. I mean, all over the world, Robert, in America, just as my dad saw the eyes of a fourth Reich, he prophesied it and he went, he was in the European country. So that's what I'm saying is even where he was, was perfect. Where was he speaking from? What was being said from there? All of it has meaning. And it's, it's just astounding to me the way God works. This is I beyond love it figured that out. My dad could not have figured that out. As much as I loved him, he could not have figured all that out on his own. Yeah. He really was a vessel that God used. God mm -hmm. used his voice. And he just said, yes, and I'll be fearless. I'll do whatever you tell me. And it was a beautiful relationship he had with God. It really was just incredible. Something I think that's inspiring to all of us, Donna. You saying yeah. that, that's, that's something that we all should be saying, that God, just let me be a vessel that you're using during this time. Let me bring my time, my talent, my treasure. God, use me. And I think um, your dad exemplified that. You know, Jane, your husband exemplified that. But you two yeah. are exemplifying that right now. And uh, it's inspiring. We just love you. And we are just honored that you came on the show today. Thank you for everything that you're doing to help to get the information out, uh, to get these words out that are encouraging, to have this channel that you have worship, you're going through Prophetic Rewind, um, you're going through current events. Code breakers. Code breakers. All of these different things that you're doing to help the body of Christ to understand this is where we are and this is how we fit into the puzzle that God is putting together right now. And uh, we're just honored to have you guys be friends and for you all to come on the show today. Thank you so much for your time. Yes. And Thank we've got you. Reawaken this week in Vegas. Yes, I'm so excited. We're really looking forward to it. Can't wait to give you all a hug there, too. Hello, Flyover family. Join me every Wednesday for the Prophetic Report at 1111 Central. You can find it on Rumble. You can find it on the Flyover app. We have such an incredible time of hearing from all of these different prophetic voices like Robin Bullock, Julie Green, Barry Wunsch, Amanda Grace, and Hank Kuhneman. Every week, it's either five or six different prophets that are speaking. And what's interesting is God is speaking through them. And all of these voices come together like puzzle pieces. It is so exciting to hear what the Lord is saying. We're hearing from medical. We're hearing from military intelligence. We're hearing from the financial world. We're hearing from mainstream media. But the most important is, what is God saying? He has not fallen off the throne. He's not nervous. He's not chewing his nails. He is in control. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. What a great time to be alive. And I'm so excited for you to join me every Wednesday at 1111. Yeah.
to defend democracy. The misinformation poses a threat to our nation's health. Climate change is an emergency. Democratic socialism. Codify everyone's right to choose. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. feet ache and throb in pain with every step you take every day of your life? Kiss those days goodbye with slippers from MyPillow.com. How about that flimsy, flat little excuse for a pillow that's nothing but eight hours of disappointment? Causing you pain in your neck every single night. You can wake up with nothing but butterflies and rainbows around your head with a MyPillow pillow. Those hard wood floors hurting your old bones. No more with a MyPillow dog bed. Are your towels worn thin, flimsy, more patchy than Joe Biden's memory? There's nothing better than absorbent towels from MyPillow.com. For all of these products and more, go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code FLYOVER for up to 66% off. You know what time it is. It's time for an economic update with Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Well, what a week. It's been an amazing Woo. week. Um, that, you know that, might have been, that might have been more applause that are going to be geared towards the city of Denver for at least the next six or seven months. <laughs> oh. Are you talking about football season? I didn't throw it. But you never know. You know, I start talking oh, trash and, and watch. But, but I just want to make out one point. I saw a stat this weekend that the longest stretch any team has had over another one, uh, the, the Chiefs are, are tied with, uh, it's, it's, we're 15 in a row. Now they've never lost with Mahomes, uh, with Denver, but they're only three away, three wins away, which won't happen this year to be in the next year, but only three wins over Denver away from the all time biggest lopsided stretch of any two teams playing each other in the history of football. Well, here's the thing. It has nothing so, to do with the economy, but this means no. like, you know what? We, there's a lot of doom and gloom in the world. There's a lot of bad things, and, and it might continue that way for you. But for me, there's some bright spots. There's some cracks <laughs> in the clouds where sunshine's coming in on Kansas City, and there's I've waited a long time for it. And, and I'm, I'm kind of new money when it comes to being a you know a, a great NFL franchise. I'm kind of like— Yeah, you've waited 50 years. I waited 50 years, so I'm kind of new money a little bit on this. So you don't know how to act like you've been somewhere before, no. but, but we well, did. So the Broncos stunk last year and Silver did amazing. So <laughs> Broncos probably stink this year. So let's let's go with that correlation. That's a right? good because, one. Yeah. That's a good that's, one. That's the trend in the market. We'll we, got chart. we got a chart but how the Broncos the do. So if any of our starters in Denver get hurt, it's not too much of a of a deviation from the second stringers. If Mahomes goes down, oh. you're toast. Right? Yeah. So, it's so it's, a, problem. Yeah. it's a problem. It's a problem. 
Yeah, yeah, that would that would be a setback for sure. That would be like you that getting hurt at yeah. Kirk Elliott PhD. That would be bad. Kirk, Kirk pulled a hamstring. Uh-oh. Oh, that'd be bad. <laughs> no. no. So, so you know, for the Broncos, I I don't know what what can save them this year. Maybe Sean Payton does does a really really good job. But but here's where people. So we'll we'll kind of stretch this into the macro economy, right? So <laughs> yeah, how are you gonna central- tie this in? Central banks aren't going to save us this time. Yeah. Right. So we've been so used to over the past um, central banks using their policies to actually stimulate the economy or slow it down. So how Mm -hmm. do they do it? They if you want to stimulate the economy, you go to what's called ZERP, zero interest rate policy. Right. Just Mm -hmm. keep, keep interest rates low and that'll cause people to spend and they can borrow and it should stimulate the economy. Right. But then. Hmm. After a while, you do that for too long, the inflationary pressures get so much, it's like, ah, we can't use zero interest rate policy mm-hmm. anymore. We've got too much inflation, which is causing people not to spend. So let's start raising interest rates, right? So to slow that down, because the only other option that they have to, to basically really slow down or, or speed up the economy is with the money supply, right? So, which we've seen. So this is over the last 20 years, or 10 really manifesting itself in a big, huge way, but really over 20 years is we've had both of those clicking at the same time, massive amounts of monetary stimulus flooding the markets with dollars that's happened ever since nine 11. And then uh, that was a big Mm. steroid injection to the money supply. But then in 2008, boom again, and, and we haven't looked back since now, so you're stimulating economic growth with massive amounts of money supply inflow. You're also stimulating it with zero interest rate policy. So you had both things happening at the same time. So it's not, shouldn't be a shocker to anybody that now we've hit the point of no return and you got to pay mm-hmm. the piper at some point because they've been putting on the gas, putting in, you know, uh, NOS injections into the fuel. Right. And it's like, pfft, just exploding the economy, but now we're out of fuel, right? And this is where central banks have no more tools left, right? So, so there's this great article on, on Zero Hedge um, that, that actually explained this pretty well. And there's all kinds of bullet points here as to why the central banks can't fix us this time. So I'm just going to go over a couple of them. But number one, there's no incentive for central banks around the world to coordinate efforts with other nations, right? So mm-hmm. over the past decade, we've seen as one com- country increases interest rates, everybody does. As one country increase, increases money supply, all of the countries do, mm-hmm. right? Because if you went out of, out of whack with each other, well, then if America raised interest rates and no other country did, well, then we'd get foreign capital inflow coming in, right? Because- why would they keep investing in the euro if we're now paying more interest on, on right. treasuries? So they all tend to move together. But now there's there's every country is facing different mix of real world inflation, deflation of assets, stagnation, currency issues, competing economic global interests, war, conflict. You know, so it's like mm, there's really no incentive to coordinate anymore. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they're not which is why, like this week, we saw the BRICS nations meeting, right? Because it's like, well, we don't need to coordinate anymore, so let's just have our own thing. We have 70% of the world's population in the BRICS nations, 
So therefore, let's have our own currency unit, right? Let's have our own trading block and we'll just actually kill the West that way. They don't need to cooperate anymore. Number two, the era of low inflation has ended, right? Mm -hmm. So don't be used to zero interest rates, you know, 3%, 30-year mortgages anymore. Over the, over the decades, the average mortgage rate is 7%. That's the average. Well, you know what? We're at that average right now. So it's going to overshoot that. The average is the average. You have under times of under the average. You have times of over the average. So now we're going to be headed into a time of over the average. But I think zero interest rate policy is a thing of the past. I don't think we're ever going to get it again. Because we now live in a world where there's way too much debt and way too much money creation. So, so what? They, if with too much debt, you don't want to have interest rates too high for too long because it'll kill the economy. But they're not going to stop printing money. They're simply not going to stop, which means they always are going to have to keep interest rates somewhat high, at least higher than what we've been used to with a zero interest rate policy. So I think what that's going to mean moving forward is just get used to average, mm -hmm. right? Just get used to average. People aren't going to, you're not going to have excessive boom bust cycles like what we've had over the last decades because of zero interest rates and massive money creation, because now there's too much debt and, and we're, we have these problems, but oh, don't worry. They've got a solution. Let's just go with central bank digital currency, right? I mean, they're going to pretend like that's the solution, but it's not. Mm -mm. So we've now entered into this. This was pretty creepy when when I when I read this. But there's there's wages have not kept up with inflation. I mean, we're we're seeing it lately. It's like oh, wage growth is not keeping up with inflation. We got to fix it. But if you look back for forty five years, wages haven't kept up with inflation. So this is why, you know, if you all go to the grocery store, any of the viewers, it's like, man, oh, everything's so expensive. We, what can we cut in our lives? We just simply can't make ends meet. I don't understand, right? I thought, I thought that our wages were going up. Well, they might have been for a while, but not recently. But it's not as much of inflation. Right. Inflation mm -hmm. has been outpacing wages for forty-five years in a row. <laughs> I mean, wow! Shocked when I saw that. It's like because we've had recessions and and growth times and recessions and growth times during that forty five years, but wages haven't kept up with inflation for forty five years. Well, the idea right? of having one income, mm -hmm. you know, in in a in a household and still have a home and a car and you know the all the stuff you know that that comes with it, which isn't possible. Now. It's it's mm -hmm. really not not possible for the average person. Definitely not the middle class for sure. Yeah, no, that's that's a hundred percent accurate and. And now what this is now starting to impact is high net worth people. Now, some people might want to throw rotten tomatoes at me, right? And say, Kirk, this is, you know, the, the left is saying, well, the, the high, high net worth people have to pay more taxes. They can afford it, right? They, they never pay taxes anyways because they have these offshore accounts and they incorporate in other countries and blah, 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 right? But, but here's the thing. High net worth people actually are the ones that own companies, I'm just talking about economic policy here. You don't have to like the politics behind it or not. But the reality is it's high net worth people that own companies. Companies hire people, 
right? So this was during the Reagan years. You heard the term trickle-down economics a lot. Mm -hmm. That's what that was, right? It's like we we want the the wealth of the wealthy to trickle down to the poor. Well, it does in the form of jobs. Now, there always is income discrepancy. I'm, I'm not saying that there's not, right? But what I'm talking about is the when the wealthy start to lose money, they start to shut down their businesses. They don't hire as much, right? So there's this chart that, that I'm going to have producer Colton show, which talks about during the last bubbles, what's happened to high net worth people's wealth. So you look at the at these these different bubbles here. So we had one that actually was in like 1999. That was tech stock bubble. Look what happened right after that bubble. The high net worth wealth came crashing down to earth. And what happened? Economic stagnation. Right. It took people nine years to recover from that stock market correction because there simply weren't jobs for a while. Look at bubble number two which was in 2007, 2008, right? The housing bubble. Well, look what the, the fall off from that, right? It took people eight years to recover from that one in reality um, to actually break even again. But, but the high net worth individuals, their, their net worth came crashing down. And I know, I know I'm going to get comments and people will say, Kirk, I don't feel sorry for them. It's like, well, I don't either. Right. But they have a lot of money that they can lose and they're still going to be comfortable. However, what, what happens is they don't hire people. Mm -hmm. That's the trickle-down effect that we're going to see at all classes mm -hmm. of society, the lower class, the, the middle class, all the working classes, the upper class. They, they're not going to hire people. That's why I'm spending so much time on this because look at where we are now. After the COVID crash, we peaked out, and we're starting to come down again, except this one isn't a subprime bubble like 2007 or eight. This isn't a tech stock bubble like we saw in 2000. This is an everything bubble. It's literally an everything bubble because it's a debt-based bubble, um, which means what's going to be impacted by debt? Well, what, mm -hmm. what's stimulated by debt? Real estate, the stock market is debt because it's stimulus money that's kept it propped up. Um, mom and pops, big companies, all the cost of borrowing is going through the roof. They're not going to expand as much as they've been able to. You're not going to get short-term loans for inventory because banks are running out of money. Right. Right. So, so now with, with this debt-based bubble that's happening is real estate is unaffordable. We're also seeing something else happen. Rents are going through the roof, right? Because now people can't afford to buy houses. So they're going to rent. Well, oh, mm -hmm. there's no supply of available rental units. Yeah. It's a yep. huge glut nationwide. So what's happening to rents? Going through the roof because there's very little supply. This is economics 101. If you have low supply and high demand, prices go up. If you have high supply and low demand, prices come down, right? So, so what we're seeing is low supply, high demand, prices for rent are going up. Prices for housing is going up because the cost of borrowing is going up. There's no escape. There's no wiggle room for Americans right now because they can't afford anything because you're seeing the worst of all possible scenarios starting to play out. So the costs and consequences of these central bank distortions that we've seen over the last decades is now here where we have to pay the piper. And, and sadly, it's going to be an ugly 
rollout. It's going to be a bleak season economically. It's going to be harder for Americans to make ends meet. And they're saying, Kirk, it can't be any harder. You don't understand the plight that we're living in. It's like, I do. Yeah. Because we're all living in that same world where where groceries are going through the roof and and vegetables. Like, I, I, we used to get like this bundle of asparagus at the grocery store for like 99 cents. Now it's like 7.99. It's like it's crazy. What? Yeah. Now, how in the world? It really is difficult mm-hmm. for families to survive. But here's the thing. It's going to get worse because the imbalances are going to get worse and worse and worse now that that everything across the board is going up. Who do we have to thank for this? Well, kind of ourselves, because we get into debt. Sometimes we get into debt not because of our own actions, but we lose our jobs, right? And you have to live on debt for a while. But we vote. The reason I say this is because we vote in the politicians that pass this garbage. Mm-hmm. Stop voting them in, right? Enough is enough. You know, start voting for people that have some sense of responsibility, balancing the budget yeah, um, or something, right? Like Congresswoman Boebert from Colorado, you know, term limits. She, so everyone campaigns on term limits. It's like, we need term limits. We can't have these lifetime politicians. Then when they become a lifetime politician, it's like, oh, let's not bring that up to vote. We want to be a <laughs> lifetime politician. They'll campaign on it and then they never do anything. So- Congresswoman Bobert, she's actually, she not did not only did she campaign on it, but she's like, we have to get this done for the health and future mm-hmm. of America, right? We need more people like that. We need to vote in people like that, that stand for something that don't just look at the now, but look at the future. Because now when people stopped looking at the now every single day and kept kicking the can down the road, this is why we've got what we've got and why central banks can't fix this right mm-hmm. now. The only way to really fix it is of your own actions. Allocate into something that's going to grow. Vote for people who will actually do the right thing, right? And and financially, it's silver. I know I've Mm -hmm. said it like a bajillion times before, but it actually is safe. Mm -hmm. For this time in history, ultimately, we get policymakers back that lower taxes, lower interest rates, create jobs again. Well, at that point, maybe it's going to make sense to go back into stocks. Until then, go into safety, and go into growth, which mm-hmm. happens to be silver. That makes sense. And makes Dr. Kirk, as people are listening, you know, I know there are people saying, man, I do not have much money. What is your recommendation to those people? What should they do during this time? Um, just save up and start with something, right? It's like gold is, is you can't get into gold for less than a couple thousand bucks, you know, at reasonable prices, because you can go to fractional gold and the, the prices go through the roof, cost per ounce. Mm-hmm. Don't ever do that. Uh, only buy one ounce bars, right? So, but silver, with silver being $25 an ounce, you can get in at like increments of $500. You don't want to nickel and dime yourself to death, right? But save up $500 and allocate into silver. If you don't have $500, then have a garage sale. Mm-hmm. Start selling stuff. Cut out whatever you can. Well, Kirk, we already had a garage sale. We already cut out everything that we can. Well, then you can still start saving a little bit. Maybe... I mean, this is, these are the hard things, right? It's like, it's hard, mm-hmm. but, but we can always find something where we can cut. I remember when my wife and I were first married and we really had nothing, right? We lived on like rice and beans for, for right. quite a while mm-hmm. or ramen. I, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't even tell you how much ramen we ate because we had nothing. So we even had to adjust the, the food that we ate. Now I'm not saying that that's healthy. <laughs> right. I'm not. 
right? But but if it's a matter of I don't have anything, what should I do to invest, right? We mm -hmm. can always find something that we can adjust always, right? We just can. Um, and we get creative with it. And, mm -hmm. and you know what? I've, I've have clients like this that started that process years ago. And every once in a few months, we get 500 bucks from them. And before you know it, it's like, I actually have a $20,000 portfolio and I've never invested more than $500 at a shot, Huge. right? It's like, this is amazing, mm -hmm. right? So what you can do by being consistent with yep. a little is amazing. And I would want to encourage everybody. It's like, don't focus on the storm. Don't focus on the mistakes of the past. Just determine right now, right? It's like, okay, I'm going to start saving up if I don't have enough. And I'm going to get to that point to be in the right place at the right time mm -hmm. and do what the wealthy people of the world are doing just in smaller increments. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that's one of the keys to wealth is consistently being in the right place at the right time and just averaging yourself into it. Oh man, just start however you can just start. That is really great advice. You can go to flyovergold.com. When you do great information there, when you scroll down to the bottom, there's a place you can fill out your information. What that does is it gets you in the queue. So someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you for a free consultation. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. Do that today. Or you can also call 720 605 three nine zero zero to set up that consultation. Dr. Kirk, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how in 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. You wow. The, the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a <laughs> handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. Have you ever wondered about ancient civilizations or the moon landing, chemtrails, the Nephilim, demons? Those are all things that fascinate me. Decided to use our platform of the Flyover Conservative podcast and create a new show called Conspiracy Conversations. Every Saturday morning, we get together with some of the brightest minds in the world that have spent thousands of hours on a topic, churning through the research, looking at things they've traveled, they've been to the locations, they're looking for the truth because they're as curious as you and I are about what's true. What is really true about our past, where we came from, where we are, and where we're going? We don't bring on guests to iron out their wrinkles and find out the things that we disagree on. No more than I go to the grocery store and, and, and try to put everything in the whole store in my cart. 
I just try to walk out with better ideas than I had when I walked in. If you got something inside you that's like, what about that? I don't even know if I agree, but I would like to hear them out. If you have an open mind and a curious heart, we've got a show for you every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, conspiracyconversations.com. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Flyover Conservatives podcast with David and Stacey Whited. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and make it a great day. Yeah.